0: Think you know fantasy basketball? You can win money with FanDuel tonight and all through the NBA playoffs. Draft your fantasy basketball team for tonight's playoff action. It's quick and easy, and you can win huge cash prizes. Sign up for FanDuel now using promo code LINEUPS and get a $5 bonus with your first deposit. Just visit FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel app. Then, draft your NBA playoff team and play for cash. Again, make sure to use the promo code LINEUPS when signing up. Do it now so you can win on the games tonight. listen to Spurs Cast episode 542. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. The San Antonio Spurs' season has has stayed alive after the Spurs were able to hold on in game six and defeat Denver Nuggets 120-103 in San Antonio on Thursday night. So now it all comes down to just one more game. Game seven, Saturday night in Denver at nine o'clock central time. Uh, this is an interesting game for the Spurs. You know, obviously the season was on the line and a lot of their key players uh, did step up. But one of the guys who really, really helped them out was Rudy Gay. Uh, you know, after having a really trouble, troublesome series, all most of the series outside of Game 1, he, he actually stepped up on Thursday night and had one of his best games. Um, the Spurs actually changed their defensive approach to Denver Uh, by kind of giving them some of their own medicine of kind of what what Denver had been doing to them on the other side of the ball. So I'll I'll get into some of the details of how that happened. So before I begin with the uh, uh, detailed breakdown of Game 6, I'm going to go ahead and and recap uh, what happened here in Game Uh, 6. Just a quick recap of what happened. So the Spurs win 120-103. Uh, You know, they they finally get another good start up out to the first quarter. They win the first quarter by 10 points, uh, so they're up by 10. In the second quarter, Denver plays a lot better. Um, You know, they keep it pretty close. They actually get a three-point lead with about 352 left in the second quarter. They started making some threes there. Um, Then San Antonio kind of battled back, and by halftime, the Spurs were up by four, so it was a close game. In the third quarter, both teams, you know, basically exchanged blows back and forth. Um, the Spurs held like a two to six point lead for most of that third quarter. Uh, and they led by five afterwards. So nobody was really, you know, t- taking this game away at that point. However, in the fourth quarter, the Spurs finally put out a run. They went on a 17 to two run with f- five minutes into the sec- into the fourth quarter. And sure enough, that was your ball game. basically. San Antonio led by 20. They ended up leading by like 15, 16, 20 points here and there. Uh, for most of that fourth quarter afterward and then by the 145 mark of the fourth quarter coach Malone and coach Pop both, both pulled their starters cuz that had that was basically the game so so there were the Spurs um keeping their season alive uh, in, in the most you know desperate desperate time, most uh you know for for the San Antonio, if you're them, uh if not, they would have been going home. So now there will be Game Seven. Uh, so now let's actually get into some of this the details of this matchup and what happened. What did San Antonio do differently to Denver on offense that that really allowed them to um you know win this game? Let's first begin on the defensive end, like I always do on the Spurs cast. Uh, some things that they did a little bit differently was the Spurs uh you know took took the rim away a little bit more. I know that Denver scored 72 points in the, in the paint. And that's a lot, but they only got 22% of their shots came from the rim. So, so when, so when Denver did get there to the rim, they, they did make 87% of their shots, but again, they only got there 22% of the time. Uh, Spurs also kept Denver off the free throw line. Nuggets usually have a free throw rate of 18. That was down to 9.9. Really the only pl- player from Denver who got to the line was Jokic, which was three of four free throw attempts. so so no other Denver score got there, you know, multiple times outside of Jokic. Um, Something else the Spurs did well is they forced Denver to kind of fall into the Spurs' trap, which is shoot a lot of mid-range shots. So the Nuggets uh, typically only like to take 32% of their shots from the mid-range. In this one, the Spurs made them take 56% of their shots from mid-range. So again, more than half of their shots, Denver's, came from mid-range. They shot it pretty well, 44%, which is close to their season average. But again, if you're San Antonio, you want to make Denver have a two-point contest with you. You don't want them shooting threes against you. So now let's move over to the to the to the most important part of why the Spurs won this game and that is their defense at the three point line. So uh Denver typically likes to take 32% of their shots from 3. They were held to 9% below that. Just 23% of their shots came from 3. Accuracy-wise, you know, when they actually shot the 3, normally they make 36% of their shots, in this one they only made 27%. One key stat that really sticks out to you is uh Denver only got Uh, 10 wide open threes so just 10 of their 24 shots from three were considered wide open which is you and a defender six feet away from you coming at you basically and of those wide open threes they only made three of them so it's only um you know, nine points came from that, from those wide open threes. And that's a huge adjustment that Denver, only 42% of their threes were wide open in this game because, you know, in, in the last few games that I've been going over in the stats, they've been getting north of like 55% of their their threes have been wide open. So, so again, this shows you a better uh, defensive game plan from San Antonio. And, and when you, when you go back and watch film and you kind of just, you know, use the numbers too, here, here's what the Spurs did. they, what i mentioned to start was that they kind of fed denver their own medicine what i mean by that was that we've known all along as the series has gone along that the that the defense for denver their plan is to really really stay close on the shooters for the spurs the the good volume three point shooters which are like marco bellinelli patty mills uh davis bertans those guys uh who, who really take a, a huge amount of attempts outside of Bryn Forbes forbes who, who just gets wide open threes because he plays with the starters um so that's been Denver's focus this whole series. Well, in this game specifically, the Spurs ended up doing that to Denver shooters. They were sticking close with Malik Beasley. Uh, they were trying to with Gary Harris, with, with Jamal Murray as best as possible, even uh, Millsap and some of these guys that, that shoot threes for Denver. So so the Spurs actually stayed home on the shooters, and they were saying basically, we'll, let's see what Jokic can do and, and Jamal Murray, you know, and, and try to beat us in that two-man game uh, with a lot more pick-and-roll action and just kind of taking away their shooters Um and it worked. I mean, I mean, sure, Jokic went off with 43 points, but again, he, his team lost by 17 points. Murray had had a pretty rough game, uh, even though he finished with 16 points. It wasn't an efficient 16 points. So so the plan worked. Again, they they kept Denver from, from from mathematically beating them how they had been beating them most of the series, which is outscoring them from three for most of the series. Now, one specific uh, rotation adjustment that Pop made was he took Davis Bertans out of the, out of the rotation. Now, why did he do that? Because, you know, in, in this series, it just hasn't been the best matchup for Bertens. He's He's been having to play a lot more three and guard a lot of wings. You know, Malik Beasley, uh, like I mentioned, Morris, um, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, a lot of guys that are, that, are, that are smaller than him that he has trouble, you know, chasing around the perimeter, uh, especially when they set, set off-ball screens and things like that or when he has, when he's being forced to go help. So that approach um, of not using tense, well, that gave more minutes to Rudy Gay, to Patty Mills, to Marco Bellinelli, and then Bertens, and. And, you know, those, I mean, not Bertanza, DeRozan and White. So you had more, just just look at the height matchup. And there was a lot more guys guarding each other on both ends um, at the same height, basically. So so when you have smaller guards out there and, and wings, you're able to, you know, get, get uh, beat a lot more screen action and kind of just, you know, make your way around, kind of not help off as much and stay within the, the vicinity of, of the guy you're guarding. And so that approach worked for the Spurs, Um you know, like I mentioned, they didn't let the Denver shooters go off. They let Jokic, as 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 as, as lethal as he was, you know, you know, scoring on the, on their defense. Most of a lot of it was at the rim. Uh, they lived with that. They just lived with, it. hey, if you're going to get 40, you get 40. And so that was the approach. They they tried not to help off as much anymore. Uh, and that's kind of what a lot of fans have been wanting was for the Spurs to kind of let Jokic beat beat them one on one. And I think the the one play that really really showcased this approach for San Antonio was there was one switch where Demar Derozan got got held onto Jokic and he had to guard him. Jokic easily, you know, with, the, with like four or five seconds, he takes him down to the paint, kind of bodies him up, and then gets a, gets an easy look at the layup. What you saw there, though, what's changed, though, is that the Spurs didn't send help defenders. The, you know, they knew DeRozan would be a casualty on this defensive play, but they were saying, you know, we'll live with this. Sure, he's going to get an easy two points, but we're not going to let him kick out because we have to double team and, and get more points, which is from the three-point line from his shooters. So, again, that was their plan all along was to, to keep Jokic uh, and, and Jamal Murray from playing more of like a two-versus-two game in the pick-and-roll or in the dribble handoff action and not letting those guys the other shooters get space and get outside and get wide open by by really um forcing their defense to scramble and get out of get out of place so that was a huge adjustment by the Spurs um some other numbers that kind of pinpoint this uh in the half court the Nuggets uh in the season they scored 95 points per 100 possessions in the half court they were held to 92.4 point, point per 100 in the half court. Again, what does this tell me? This tells me that they didn't, they weren't comfortable on offense uh, in this game against the Spurs' defense because they couldn't even ex- out-execute them in the half court. Spurs did a great job with their transition defense. Denver um, only got 7% of their plays were in transition. Typically, they like 15% of their shots to come from transition. Um, and then again, just the math tells you right there, uh, the Spurs typically allowed 35 points from the 3 to the opponent during the season. Denver only got 18 points from 3. Um, out of the fast break, the Spurs were played pretty well, uh, because Denver missed more shots in this one. Um, you know, the Spurs have to watch the glass a little bit more. I think in game seven, uh, the Nuggets got 12 offensive rebounds, which is three more than the Spurs typically allow. Uh, and, and part of that too, was that they got 28 second chance points. Denver did. So, so when you saw that Denver kept it close from like the second through third quarter, a lot of that was though, those second chance points that they were getting. And that's a lot, that's 15 plus, more second chance points than San Antonio typically wants to give up. So, so again, if you're going to keep that same defensive approach, uh, if you're the Spurs, you have to be aware though that, that you have to you know gang rebound, get those those defensive boards, not don't give up extra possessions to Denver if they're going to miss um, you know more shots. So, so that's I guess one of the adjustments to watch if the Spurs keep that same defensive game plan uh, for Game Seven is really trying to to, to keep away those, those second chance points from Denver um, over there. As I mentioned from the three-point line, there were really no deadly shooters for Denver this game because the Spurs didn't let them get shot attempts off. The only player with multiple um, three-pointers made was uh, at an efficient rate was Gary Harris, with made two out of three threes, but again, he only took three. Uh, no Nugget bench player even made one three, so that, that's, a, that's a big difference there, too, was that the Nuggets bench had been outscoring the Spurs bench from three. I think the numbers were 48 to 45 after game five. Well, in this one, finally, uh, none of the Nuggets players actually made a three. Now let's look at the uh, specific players, the go-to players for Denver, and how they performed in this game. Um, Jokic scores 43 points, like I mentioned, shoots 63% from the floor, three of four from the free throw line, nine assists, and two turnovers. But again, the Spurs kind of let him go off. Not, you know, they don't, no, no, obviously just just let him, but you know, let him try to work for those buckets, and he, he got those. You know, credit to him. Uh, he got 17 of his points against Aldridge as his primary defender. However, he got 20 points versus Pirtle. But when he played against Purtle and shot shots, he only made forty-four percent of their shot of his shots. So again, if the Spurs can keep Jakob playing more one-on-one defense and matchups against Jokic, um, it favors them because he, even though he's getting all these points, you know, you saw him get twenty points against Purtle, It's not a, it's not at an efficient rate, only making forty-four percent of those shots against uh, Jakob. Jamal Murray finishes with sixteen points on thirty-seven percent shooting, so not a great shooting night from him. One of five from three, six assists and three turnovers. Uh, the guys that mainly guarded him were uh, Patty, were Derek White and Patty Mills, um, and then also uh, he 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 did he was able to get some switches and like five of his points came against Aldridge. But again, you're gonna live with that because you're just trying to make it be that that when it's like when it's like a, a set like a pick and roll or dribble handoff between Jokic and, and Murray, then you're gonna live with that if it's like if it's like White and, and Aldridge uh, playing them two just straight up two on two and whether they switch or they kind of back off uh, to see what happens. And so he did get five points against per, uh, Aldridge. One other thing that he did well was uh um not 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 Murray but Brent Forbes needs to get some credit. Brent Forbes had to guard him um, in this game for thirteen possessions, and and most of that was because Derek White had gotten in trouble and, and foul trouble in the, in the first half. So because of that, Forbes was forced to guard Murray, and he actually guarded him well. So so there's some credit being given to Brent Forbes on for his defense guarding Murray multiple possessions and not letting him you know get hot or get going. Uh, Gary Harris finishes with 14 points on 63% shooting. Uh, He shoots two from three from the three-point line, like I mentioned, two assists and zero turnovers. Um, He he mainly got his scoring off of Bryn Forbes, eight points against Forbes. However, again, credit the Spurs' defense overall. They only let Harris take eight shot attempts total. So even though he scored well against Bryn, eight of his 14 points, uh, the Spurs didn't let him get multiple shots outside of those eight shots. Paul Millsap finishes with 12 points on 60% shooting. Uh, he didn't make a three in this one. He only took two, no assist. Uh, and eight of his points of his 14 came against, I mean, eight of his 12 points, should I say, came against Rudy Gay. So again, um, the Spurs didn't let Millsap get going from three either. And, you know, if he did score on them, it was more one-on-one type play. It wasn't where he was creating for others. And so I guess the, the matchup to watch there again is that he he scored pretty uh, pretty well on Rudy Gay. Uh, Malik Beasley, like I mentioned, didn't get to go off in this game. Um, he only had two points, 17% shooting from the floor. He just got one three-point attempt. Again, the Spurs' defense stayed on him like they've been staying on, on Mills, Marco Bellinelli, and Bertans throughout the series. So he only got one three-point attempt, zero assists, zero um, turnovers also. So uh, you know, the, here's here's where the numbers show. Prior to Game 6, when Davis Bertans had been guarding Beasley, Bertens had been guarding him for 14.2 possessions each game. He was scoring 3.2 points on those possessions, and uh, he had shot 6 of 8 against Bertens. So again, you're taking a guy that... that um that Beasley was very efficient against off the floor what, by not having Bertans there, and so now all of a sudden it's becoming tougher hit for him to even get some shot attempts off from three. So uh, the the three guys that, that got the responsibility of guarding him most of the time were Bellinelli, uh, Derek White, and DeMar DeRozan. They did a pretty good job of not letting him get um, get going from three. Uh, Will Barton, who had been averaging fourteen and a half points as a reserve in the series, um, you know, just his, his numbers kind of came back to life as they were in the. Um, when he was a starter, he finishes with two points, 14% shooting, 0 of 4 from three-point range. So if he did get some three, it was just Will Barton, and you're going to kind of live with that if you're San Antonio. Just because he's not there, he, he's actually been the one player they've had for most of the series who's been struggling from three. Uh, zero assists, but two turnovers, so he he didn't have a great game for Denver off the bench, even though it looked like he was looking more confident and comfortable. Uh, the players responsible for guarding him were De, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Marco Bellinelli, and Derek White, had kept Will Barton at bay. Um, so, again, that's the defense for San Antonio and their game plan. So, again, that's something to watch in uh, Game 7 is, is you know, what kind of adjustments does Denver make if the Spurs do use that same defensive approach, which is staying home on shooters and living what Jokic and, and Murray do to, do against your defense in that two versus two game. Um, let's look to the Spurs' offense, how, how they clicked in this game. Um they didn't get that many shots at the rim, only seventeen percent of their shots came from the rim. However, when they got there they 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 shot well there too they got seventy they shot seventy three percent at the rim, which is seven percent above their season average, right after in game five when they had that terrible shooting game at the rim um getting points from the free throw line just barely below season average. Uh from the free throw line, um the, the three players that really stood out there were uh, Aldridge got to the line, um, made five of six free throws, Derek White got there and made three of four free throws, and then Bellinelli, when he got when he got fouled on an on an and one attempt, you see how crucial those are for San Antonio for him to get those foul calls because he made his three of three free throws. So that's like giving him a free three made three pointer. Um, the Spurs were at home uh, in the mid range, you know, the uh, Denver gave them their, their mid range shots that they wanted. So that 56% of the Spurs, shots came from mid range and they were deadly from there on this night. They shot 62% at the, from the, from the, an accuracy according to cleaning the glasses data, which takes out a lot of, um, blowout tight numbers. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, and then the free th- frequency from threes, the Spurs got to finally take some threes in this series, uh, in this game, should I say. So 27% of San Antonio's shots did come from the three-point line, which is right at their season average. And they made them, finally, they made 44% of their threes. Of their wide-open threes, San Antonio, they only got 10, but they made six of those. So again, 60% of their made threes were wide-open Um I mean, uh, no, no, 6 out of 10, should I say. So, so they shot 60% on, on wide-open threes. Uh, the players who really helped them out from three that they needed this help was Rudy Gay, 3 of 3 off the bench from three. Derek the starting lineup, 2 of 3 from three. Brent Forbes, 2 of 4 from three. And Marco Bellinelli, 2 of 4 from three off the bench. The player who struggled in this one, who, who you're hoping gets going in game 7, is uh, Patty Mills. He shot 0 of 7 from three. Uh, on this night. So again, he hadn't been getting that many threes, but now that Denver finally let him, let him get some in this game, uh, he was 0 seven from three. Let's look at the Spurs go to players and how they performed. Uh, DeMar DeRozan finishes at 25 points, 75% shooting from the floor. He made eight of 10 mid range jumpers, seven assists and just one turnover. Uh, Some of the numbers that that stick out against specific defenders. uh, He scored 13 points and had five assists versus Torrey Craig on six of eight shooting. So he had a great efficient game against Craig as his defender and then against Harris, uh, he scored six points against Gary Harris on three of four shooting. So that's his, his best game scoring against Harris uh, when they were matched up. LaMarcus Aldridge finishes with 26 points on 56% shooting. He also shot very well from mid-range, six of 10 from the, from the non-paint two, with also five assists that he was able to create for his teammates. Uh, he had one of his best games against Paul Millsap. He finishes with 13 points and three assists as Millsap, with Millsap as his main defender on 50% shooting. And then he also scored well against Nikola Jokic. Uh, He scores 11 points against Jokic on four, six shootings. So again, against either player who guarded him the most, Jokic or Millsap, uh, LaMarcus had a really good game. And and you know he's feeling it when he has that that turnaround um, 16-footer that typically has been struggling in the playoffs. He had it going last night where he made multiple of those jumpers. Uh, Rudy Gay, like I mentioned, he finally had his best game of the series. The Spurs had been needing his help all series long. Um, the only time they got it was in game one. He has his best scoring night, 19 points on 64% shooting. He makes all three of his threes along with two assists. T- he had been struggling most of the series, as I had told Colin Reed, as we had talked about last uh, in the last episode. With Paul Millsap as his main defender, uh, Rudy had really been struggling to, to, to get going. But in this game, he finishes with 10 of his 19 points against Millsap on three of five shootings. So so if you're the Spurs and you're Rudy, you got to hope that, that that's a sign that he's going to get going forward uh, in game seven, that he can stay that that positive positive or that, um, yeah, that positive and productive. Derek White finishes with 13 points um, on 57% shooting, along with two turnovers and one I mean along with two assists assisting one turnover uh he too had his best individual game against Gary Harris. He scored 5 points against Harris as his main defender and uh two of three from the from uh uh two of three field goals were against Harris so good. You got to hope that's some positive too that now Derek's kind of getting going against Gary. And then lastly, uh, Brent Forbes finishes with 12 points on 63 percent shooting with just one turnover. He really, really um, scored well against when Jamal Murray had to defend him. He scored seven of his points against Jamal Murray, on, and he made all three of his shots when Murray was his primary defender. So, so, so you had the Spurs um, players finish with multiple sh- uh, players in double figures, and again, that's that support that they've needed. I'm sure, Bellinelli and Mills, and you know, you know, Bertans may not get going each night because just because their their natural thing is to shoot the three, and that's kind of where their points come from, and that's what Denver tries to take away but Rudy Gay is that one x-factor who off the bench can really really be a force for San Antonio and and you saw him provide that kind of help uh in this game so they're going to need another standout game from from Rudy Gay if they want to try to win this series uh let's move over now to game seven so as I mentioned it tips off on Saturday at nine o'clock p.m central time Right now, Las Vegas, they opened with the Nuggets as a five-and-a-half-point favorite for Game 7. Uh, and now that's gone up by by, 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 a, by a half a point to a six-point. So now the Nuggets are a six-point favorite to win Game 7. Um, the series price is also favoring uh, the Nuggets to win the series. so So they're still the favorites, just barely, though. Um, so I guess if you are San Antonio, what adjustments do you need to make on the offensive end? Again, you need a really, really strong game from Rudy Gay, like you saw there. Uh, and if he doesn't show up, you, you hope that he does. But if he doesn't, well, then you need somebody else, whether it's a Derek White going for twenty or, or you know somebody off the bench, which doesn't look like a likely case. So again, the, the most likely option is to have Rudy just ha- get going again, have a good you know fifteen to, 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 to twenty point game somewhere in that range, along with uh, Demar and, and Lamarcus continuing to, to, to have a really good game against Denver, like they've been doing most of the series. Um, on defense, you want to make it a two-point contest, just like, just like they did in this game. Again, stay home on shooters. Don't let them get going from the outside. Don't let their frequency of threes go up because then that obviously they, they could just get hot really quick and start making a lot of their threes. And if, even if Jokic goes for 40 or, you know, Jamal Murray gets 15 to 20 points, you're going to have to live with that if that's the case to beat this team because that was the formula in this game. So, again, make it a two-point contest. Don't, don't let the Denver Nuggets make it a three-point contest because if it's about the twos the not the mid-range jumpers and the scoring at the rim and the free throws, well, then San Antonio's offense, that favors them more so than it does Denver's. And then lastly, um, yeah, and that's basically the, the two key adjustments that, that, I would, that I would assume are, are going to happen for – that the Spurs need to happen for um, – game seven in order for them to win this. So so now we'll see what happens. You know, it all comes down to just one game. Um, you know, final 48 minutes of the Spurs' season now is on the line once again. Um, after game seven, if the Spurs do win that game, well, then I'll, I'll probably record a, a Spurs cast on Sunday because the next series against Portland would either start, start either Monday or Tuesday. I'm not too sure yet uh, what day they'd play, but it would be really quickly at the turnaround and if they do fall and they lose, well, then look for a Spurs cast next sometime next week in the middle of the week when when Colin Reed and I will be breaking down the Spurs' off season plans, kind of like their transactions and you know the contracts and all that stuff and what's going to be coming this summer uh, for them. So, so now you know it's down to one game of the year, one game left in the year right now. So, so we will see what happens as the Spurs and Nuggets tip off for Game Seven on Saturday night uh, at 9 p.m. Um, in Denver. So, um, thank you again to Michael Delion for for producing and, and mixing this episode. Thank you. Have a great day.